Hello, hello, and welcome to the Gardner Carney Leadership Institute podcast. The GCLI has developed the pedagogy of leadership, which combines brain science, leadership studies, cultural competency, and developmental psychology. Its mission is to teach teachers to teach leadership to students. This is your go-to podcast for discussions, tips, and stories for leadership and leadership education. And I am your host, Catherine Birdie, but please call me Birdie. Our world is in dire need of people just like you, people who are committed to building communities of leaders, young and old. So let's get busy leading the next generation of leaders, and thank you for joining us. Hello, hello, GCLI. It's Birdie here. I am so happy to have you all listen in today because I'm so excited about my guest. So throughout the years as a leadership educator, I've come to learn that the most extraordinary extraordinary leaders rarely see themselves as such. And though we've only been acquainted with one another for a few months, I have a feeling that today's guest would say that the courage and heroism of his family are two elements that have enabled him to become a highly successful entrepreneur and founder of a nonprofit that has raised over a million dollars to fund research to find a cure for breast cancer and multiple sclerosis. Andy Berger's life mission is to help others live more fulfilling lives. By word and example, he's here to tell us how he fulfills his mission, and I hope his passion and purpose will inspire you to climb toward your own dreams, too. Everyone, I am so excited to introduce you to the founder of Be More Organic and Jody's Climb for Hope, Mr. Andy Berger. Welcome to the DC Live podcast, Andy. It's so awesome to be here. You know, we always we had a couple of delays for various reasons, but for face to face, having a cup of coffee together. I'm so excited to talk to you. Oh my gosh, it's so good to have you here. And everybody, just um, because our time is short and Andy's story is so so rich, I'd like to jump right in with a little framing for you today. Um, today, Andy will fill in his story around three leadership signposts. The first is to carry a flag. The second is to get comfortable being uncomfortable. And the third is to find a guide. Did I get that right, Andy? <laughs> you sure did. You, I'm just getting, I'm writing it down, but that's absolutely right. Yes. Awesome. Yeah. Okay. So um, why don't we start with the first one? Can you please give us the backstory and meaning behind carry the flag? I, I, yeah, I'd be glad to. Um, it's a long story and I'll try to condense it because I know time is short today. But, um, you know, we were climbing Mount Kilimanjaro, which is the highest mountain in the continent of Africa. It happens to be in Tanzania at uh, about 19,500 feet. And we were doing it, you know, for for uh, breast cancer research at the time. We had MS later, but we were climbing up. There were 24 of us and it's an amazing bucket list expedition of about six days up, including a rest day and about another two days back down. You're climbing through um, five different climactic zones. And so it was just a, an amazing uh, expedition for great people. And then, um, we kept leapfrogging this one particular group that wasn't related to us. We'd say hello to them, then they'd pass us the next day. We just had idle chit chat. And then, you know, we got our team, all 24 of us, successfully to the summit, tagged the summit, the highest point in Africa, and we had two more days back down. And then uh, we got back down to um, and had grabbed a shower the first time in nine days and had a cocktail overlooking just the gorgeous Serengeti. 
Um, and we caught up with the other group after their expedition. And I said, hey, you know, how did it go for you all? And uh, like, well, okay, you know, 12 of the 24 of us summited. And I'm like, you know, it's not a competitive thing, but you're like, 12 of the 24 summited, you know, what happened? Well, Billy's feet got cold, so uh, Tracy took him down. And Eric got tired, so Stacy took him down. I'm like, what? What? You know, we've got flags in our packs with our logo on it, Climb for Hope. At the time my sister was still alive, we had another flag with her name on it, Stay Strong JB, to give her hope, to give her encouragement to live, to fight another day, another week, another month that she could have with her three young kids. We had thank you flags for the thousands of donors that helped us raise a quarter million dollars for breast cancer research. We had names of loved ones that were either sick or dying in our packs that we wanted to get to the summit. And turning around when someone's feet got cold or were tired or vomiting for altitude sickness wasn't going to stop us because we had these flags in our pack that we wanted to give people hope that we'd find a cure and nothing was going to stop mm. us. Little um, Allie Madej, who was 20 years old at the time, was vomiting from altitude sickness. She kept putting one foot in front of the other. And so what that lesson was to me was the value of that flag that we carried with us through that really tough 12-hour ascent and six-hour descent. It was a long day. It was really hard. But we had those flags. And what that taught me was the value of a mission, a purpose. A flag is what you carry through life, what your mission is. And so what I realized that having a sense of mission, having a sense of purpose can over help you overcome so many obstacles. You know, you read I read Man's Search for Meaning. It's always in my book by Viktor Frankl. Um, he survived the Holocaust, a psychiatrist. And uh, he has a quote from Nietzsche. You know, when your why is big enough, you can overcome any how. And so our why that particular day was carrying these flags to the summit to give people hope. And I've That's had so many different it. challenges. You're good. And... Um, I realized what my sense of purpose is to help take it by a disease so that other families can have more fulfilling lives. And every day is a great day for me. Well, and that's, I mean, that, that, that first, there's so, so much to unpack here that, I mean, your, your climbs and I'd love for you to tell us a little bit more about what Jody's climb for hope mm -hmm. is, but these climbs, um, you know, are arduous, they're strenuous, mm -hmm. but, they correct me if I'm wrong. They are a metaphor for the expeditions that we all take in life and how we attach a flag or a purpose to the, the hard times and the good times, um, are, are really what, um, what that takeaway is from a leadership perspective, but also what motivates you to kind of continue moving forward. Yeah, it absolutely is. It's a great metaphor. So, you know, we were heading out into that dark night in Kilimanjaro. You get, you wake up at around 10.30 p.m. and go have breakfast, at, you know, coffee, and then leave for the summit at about 11 uh, p.m. And let's say it's about 12 hours to the summit. And it was brutal. It was so cold. And I said to the team, I had said to the 23 others, I said, you know something? We're about to go into that dark, cold night and have a long, tough night ahead of us with altitude sickness, with cold, with fear. But you know something? 
my my wife and my sister go through that every day. My sister had chemotherapy continuously for five years, felt nauseous. Um, my wife had multiple sclerosis. She feels like she's carrying a figurative pack on her back every day and her legs are heavy. We can do this for 18 hours. You know, it's such a metaphor that what people fight through and to experience that for 18 hours was very powerful for us. So yes, we're all carrying our figurative packs. We're all, um, have something that we're, that we're carrying with us and fighting through every day. You know, and also it, I also use this same lesson from my for-profit business when I had, um, the be more organic. And so, you know, we had, we had a very similar mission, which is to take a bite out of disease. And everybody knew that mission, our employees, our vendors, our suppliers, our customers, meaning those who were at the stores who were responsible for buying our products into the store and then our end customers. It was everywhere. It was on our website. It was on um, our wall. People touched it uh, when they came to work. Our interns knew it. And so, you know, there's a guy named Tom Crowder and Tom Crowder was the buyer at um, Kroger, the largest supermarket chain in North America. And he bought dairy. He bought billion dollars worth of dairy every year. One of the most powerful men in all dairy. And he sent me an email every August. Hey, Andy, thinking of you today and your wife. I'm a nobody. I'm ah. a tiny little startup out of Baltimore. Why is he sending me an email in August thinking of me? Getting ready to do the multiple sclerosis 150 ride thinking of you and Jennifer. He knew my mission. It wasn't to put protein on the shelf. It was to help take a bite of disease. We put a really healthy product out there and we donated 1% of sales to research. Everybody did that mission. Every time you sent Tom an email, Tom, thanks for the order. You're helping us take a bite of disease. And so it's so powerful to unite people around a singular mission. It is. It is. And congratulations on the success of Be More Organic. I know it was a... It, in 2017, it was the fifth growing, fastest growing natural organic, um, is it food product or company? In, uh, it was the fifth fastest country? growing in the brand. So our three, our three year run rate was like 200 and something percent. Um, wow. KGAR, so that was, yeah. Again, it goes back to the mission. We had this woman, Amanda, we make fun of, we make the millennial jokes, right? Um, they're the ones that get trophies for showing up. Uh, but, you know, this kid, I couldn't turn this kid off. You know, she was answering Facebook messages at 10 o'clock at night. And she um, was texting me at about 1030. I'm like, Amanda, I'm going to bed. Leave me alone. I'm the owner of the company. And she's texting me and I can't get her to turn off. You know, her mom was undergoing cancer treatment and she bought into our mission. So kids today, they're not, they don't show up for a paycheck. They show up for a purpose. And so yep. Amanda, you know, when they buy into your purpose, it's so powerful. We can climb any mountain, we all overcome any of our Everest when we have a, the right purpose, when our why is big enough. I love it. I love it. I love it. Carry that flag. The next one is, uh, the next signpost is get comfortable being uncomfortable. And and I've done a little bit in a, in a former life of um, mountaineering. And I know Jody's Climb for Hope is um, is heavy on the mountaineering, which is, can be very, very, very uncomfortable. You described a little bit of it with Kilimanjaro. Um, tell us, um, how getting comfortable, being uncomfortable is integral to Jody's Climb for Hope, um, and, and life in general. Yeah. So, um, 
you know, our lives are so comfortable here at sea level, right? You know, we've got our smartphones and, you know, we're so connected, you know, I can turn up my thermostat from, you know, the Wi-Fi connected thermostat from my couch, hotter or colder. I can order any food or any book, any cuisine delivered to my door, which is about 10 feet away from my couch. I do have to get up and I'll kind of 10 feet to walk to the door. To get there. <laughs> um, but that's about it, right? And so our lives are so comfortable. And I think it, 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 it's, it makes it more challenging for us to work on our mental resilience when life is so comfortable. And, uh, you know, we kind of saw that during COVID, right? You know, our, our, our grandparents went over to Europe uh, to keep us safe. <laughs> we can't stay home and watch Netflix to keep them safe. And we think that's hard. We're just lacking that mental resilience. And so that's one of the reasons I go climbing, <laughs> you know, you know, I, I'm not a good climber, you know, uh, so most days I have a difficult, difficult climb time, just climbing out of bed. Um, and so I'm not, I don't like climbing. I, it's cold. I hate the cold. I just can't stand it. When I, every meal I've got to eat in my sleeping bag because I get cold. I can't sleep in the tent because the tent's flapping, and um, you know, usually at altitude I don't sleep. Um, I can't pack it. It takes me forever to get packed up, and I'm just not good at it. You got to keep moving camps, you know. And you know, we don't talk about this much, you know, in the movies. But pooping and peeing out there is not a whole lot of fun. So everything about it is so challenging. But you know, sometimes. You know, one time we got trapped in our tents. We were on Mount Rainier um, at about 11,100 feet on Ingram Flats. And it is flat. Pooping and peeing was a lot of fun. There's just nothing to hide behind. You know, you're you're literally exposed in, you know, things you don't want exposed. And it was so hard. We were trapped in our tents for 30 consecutive hours because of 50-mile-an-hour winds. And so it takes forever to make a cup of water. So you got to melt about a half a gallon of snow just to make one eight ounce cup of water and you keep doing it over and over again. And it was, it was rough. And then, you know, we got, we got out of there safely, thank goodness, and got back down. But you know something, every night that I come home and put my head on a comfortable pillow on my bed with a warm blanket and a bathroom that's clean, has a toilet seat and a door 10 feet away from me is a great night. And not any night that goes by that I don't appreciate that perspective it, it's really it's it's invaluable yeah. um no those um and it's not just the the physical discomfort too it's the when you're climbing it's that emotional and um mental discomfort i mean when you um, i know in your wonderful ted talk you you show um a crevasse and a, a cornice right above it and sometimes we don't even know when we're walking through life that we are, we are kind of in that metaphorical um, tough spot and it, it's, and, and we're not afraid, afraid of it, but when we know it's there, it makes that discomfort feel so, um, it's just so real. It's, it's scary. Very, very scary. We um, need to be scared, right? Our lives, you know, we're, we're expecting a sip to tire every single day. Oh my God, we got stress. We've got stress. No, we don't. We don't have enough stress. We just have the wrong stress, right? We have stress of, oh my gosh, you know, am I going to watch this on Netflix? Or am I going to watch this on Apple TV? You know, we have the wrong stress. Our bodies are supposed to be physically stressed. We're supposed to go out hunting, you know, for days, we're supposed to sleep on a rock in the cold and we're supposed to get hot, but we don't. And so that's a, a health problem and b a mental resilience problem. You know, we talked about 
um, getting uncomfortable. And so we were climbing um, the highest mountain in the lower 48, Mount Whitney, which is about 14,500 feet. <laughs> it took me, uh, you know, it was a several day expedition. And we, had, we, um, I really, really struggled on summit day and uh, spent too much gas getting to the summit. You know, I, uh, I hadn't slept well, uh, hadn't trained well, I was getting older getting a little, a little heavy. And so getting to the summit, I was out of gas, which is a mistake because 80% of the accidents happened the way down. And so I was on descent and, um, you know, and I'm like, I'm done. I'm finished. I'm not going any further, but you know, laying, dying, dying just wasn't an option. And my friends were like, Hey Andy, just around the corner. And I'd walk a few feet and get around the corner and I'd go, there's no camp. No, it's just around the next corner. And then, so I went down the next corner and I realized these guys are freaking lying to me. But again, I just wasn't going to lay down and die. You know, I want to get back safe to my family. But I had gotten comfortable being uncomfortable so many times that I knew how far my mind could push my body. And so that's such a key to life is just, you know, something push through it. What alternative do we have? We're not going to lie down. But if we keep practicing that same thing, we'll get better at it. And it, it happened in my business life when we had a... We were the, uh, one of the first organic uh, yogurt drinks in the country. And then another guy started literally like in Bethesda, you know, 35 minutes from here. I'm like, oh my God, <laughs> am I allowed to swear on this? Or I should keep it clean. Like, <laughs> keep it clean. But he was, he was uh, in the food industry. Uh, he was well connected. He had a lot of uh, money he had raised. I'm like, I knew nothing. I knew nothing about the industry. I knew nothing about anything. I'm like, he's going to crush me. But, you know, things got tough, you know, bumps in the road and all these other challenges. And he gave up and he quit. Meanwhile, the drinkable yogurt craze took off. It was, you know, multi, you know, not, it was probably a half a billion dollar industry. And he quit. And he missed the wave. And I took the wave and I rode it to the fifth fastest growing brand in the country because I knew how far I could go without having to quit. That's incredible. Such, such a great lesson, which leads me actually to... Um, the final lesson, and and I think um, this one for me is is the one that um, I struggle with. I think, but it's uh, to find a guide. Uh, let's let's talk about how that has worked in in your life, in business, and in Jody's Climb for Hope. Yeah, you know, um, people are always afraid to ask for help. Um, you know, one of my friends, uh, Mark Jankowski, he did this, I saw him talk and he, he did this amazing exercise. There was a room of 300 people and we're there listening to Mark and Mark says, who here likes asking for help? He said, you know, three hands go up at 300. Then he said, uh, who here likes helping people? You know, all 300 of our hands go up because we like helping people. And the lesson that we learned was, it makes, feel, makes people feel good to ask them for help. Hey, Barty, you know, can you help me here? Can you introduce me to this person? Can you educate me a little bit about leadership? Because I'm just getting to become a leader. I'm going to make you feel good because I'm asking you for it. It gives you a shot of oxytocin. We're not being a burden. And so we need to get over the fear of asking for help. Because we're 
We need help in all aspects. You know, I got into this. Now I'm like addicted to it. I've got people helping me, you know, my wife and I, we run in the rocky parts. We, we have a marriage counselor. If I'm, you know, I just did the rim to rim to rim of the Grand Canyon, 50 miles in two days. I called my my buddy, Ben. He's really busy. Ben, can you give me a quick training plan? I just, I don't know what to do here. And so he's always helping me. And, and we, the origin of this story was, you know, I'm not a very good climber. We talked about that I, uh, but I always have a guide with me to keep me safe. And so, you know, we were, we were on, um, on Mount Rainier, you know, there's crevasses and there's cornices and you're going through that in the middle of the night when it's dark. I don't want to fall in there. I don't want to get a, have a crevasse, uh, cornice follow me. I want to get back and see my family. And so I make sure that I have a guide with me to get me through those tough, tough sections of the mountain and I get those guides to get me through those tough, tough sections of life away from the crevasse, away from the cornice and through that dark, narrow path between the two of them. So whether it's Ricky Harrow helping me from rare earth adventures on the, on the guides or in my other aspects of my life. Um, when I started Be More Organic, I had no clue what I was doing. I came from the media industry. I was clueless. I had never done a consumer packaged good. So we created the first organic protein smoothie with no added sugar. And so there was a super guy down the road, again, back in Bethesda, about 45 minutes away. His name is Seth Goldman. And he started a little company that was the first organic tea company without any sugar. And it's called Honest Tea. <laughs> he sold the Coke for, I don't know, how many hundreds of millions of dollars. Very successful CEO, very smart, very busy. And I called him up. I said, hey, Seth, I've got no idea what I'm doing here. Can I come meet with you? He said, sure, come on over. And Seth helped, helped keep me out of those crevasses. He helped keep me away from the cornices. And he helped me keep me on that dark, narrow path between the two of them. And so um, I was so appreciative of that. And I learned that it's okay to ask for help. I gave Seth Goldman a shot of oxytocin. I made him feel good. And so I applied that to other aspects. And where else can I get help? Where else can we be afraid? You know, women, I think less so than men. But men certainly have a problem asking for help. Um, like it's a sign of strength, not a sign of weakness. So I want people in all aspects of your lives, whether it's business, uh, leadership, certainly, because, you know, we're all on a journey to become better leaders. And the way to become a better leader is to find yourself a great guide, mentor to help you. Yep. I, I think, I mean, you just you hit the nail on the head. I love helping people. I love it. And whether it's ego or fear of being a burden, whatever it is, I don't love asking for help. And it's a way to really um, make oneself vulnerable and honor another person at the same time. And I, I really appreciate that that lesson um, coming from you. Thank you so much for that one. Um, if people want to know more about Jody's Climb for Hope, um, where can they go and um, what can they do? Yeah, thanks. So we're um, a 501c3 nonprofit that, you know, as I said, we raised really promising money for breast cancer and MS research. We've kind of become a almost like a venture fund for early stage research because, you know, once people, when they're starting out, they get no money from the NIH or Department of Defense or uh, Cancer Institute. So once they get proof of concept, they can get millions. So we're coming early on and help fund um, some really 
promising stuff that doesn't get out. Once we do that, uh, they kind of take off. <laughs> Not because of us, but we're just kind of one small piece of helping get people get started. So, of course, you can find us. I don't know if we have show notes or not, but at uh, jodiesclimbforhope.org or climbforhope.org, either one. Jody's, J-O-D-I-S, climbforhope. Tell us a little bit about Jody real quickly. We've got a few more minutes. Oh, my gosh. Thank you for this opportunity. Um, you know, Jody was my best friend. Uh, we were a year apart, uh, Irish twins. Inseparable, our lives so close. You know, we fought like siblings do, but uh, we're always there for each other. And then, um, you know, I got that call, that awful call, that uh, that she found a lump, and it was. By the time they found it, it was stage four metastatic, and so, um, you know, we had her for five more years after that, to to the age of forty-five. Um, thoughtful, kind. Um, giving, you know, she, she became kind of always wanting to help for somebody and was afraid to ask for help for herself. Um, and three gorgeous kids, Max, Charles, and Caroline, who have grown up to be great human beings next to her and, and Peter, her, her husband. Um, and so, you know, we honor her name. She, you know, people came and say, Oh gosh, Jody must be so, Jody would be so touched. And, and Peter, her husband's like, no, she wouldn't. She hates the attention, but you know, something, <laughs> In the Jewish tradition, if you see, they say if you're, you keep someone's name alive, it's it's just as it's if they have never died. And so, you know, I don't want her to ever be forgotten. So having her name on flags and, and like that is just so important to me and, and her, I think her kids as well. And then, you know, one of the side benefits, I think, of these climbs is we're experiencing with these people with either breast cancer or multiple sclerosis are going through the pain, the out, you know, the uh, nausea, the headaches, um, the the fatigue is all so relevant. We're, it's so powerful to us as able-bodied people to learn about that. Mm. Well, it's an incredible mission. Your positivity and your mission is just is remarkable, inspirational, and I can't thank you enough for sharing it with us today on the podcast. Well, thank you. Um, thanks for having me. Thanks for letting me um, talk about my sister and about Jody's Climb for Hope and the lessons that we learned. Um, you know, we, we do go climbing. We love to have people climb mountains. We have introductory uh, climbs. We've got rim to rim to the Grand Canyon, which requires no technical experience, but you got to be in pretty good shape. So we'd love to have anybody. And, you know, I appreciate the opportunity to help people grow their leadership, certainly by listening to your amazing podcast. And I just want to let, wish everybody a successful journey on their expeditions through life. Thank you. Thank you. I will absolutely make sure that in the show notes, we have your Ted talk links to Jody's climb for hope, your book, um, all of it will be here for everybody. So yeah. So thank you so much for being here, Andy. And, uh, we look forward to seeing what ever life, um, expeditions hold for you. Thank y'all for joining us today, and we'll see you in two weeks' time. Until then, visit us at gcliadership.org and follow us on Facebook, LinkedIn, and Twitter. You'll find all of our links at the bottom of our podcast. And until then, lead on. In the future, thank you.